Hello and welcome to Spirit Pig. This is the show that explores how to live a fulfilled life. I'm Duncan CJ and today I'm speaking with Preston Smiles. Preston is a personal freedom coach who supports people in understanding and embracing their fears so they can live the life of their dreams. Born in Compton and raised in Los Angeles, he joined a local gang that was first involved in petty theft, but later escalated into more dangerous crimes. And then one night when he was 15, he was faced with a decision to take a routine ride with his friends or stay at home. Intuition told, intuition told him not to go. And within an hour, everyone in that car was shot. And this tragic event really shook him to his core and threw him into finding out and focusing really on what his higher purpose for himself was. He's the author of Love Louder. He's an internationally recognized motiva- motivational speaker. And he's a YouTuber with a passionate, passionate following who I think you call them your tribe, don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> What's up, my man? <laughs> Preston, thanks for being here, mate. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Really appreciate uh, being able to have this conversation with you uh, from the other side of the world. Across you know, the pond. It's, <laughs> exactly. It's The sun isn't even fully up yet where I'm at. And then, what is it, like middle of the day where you are? Yeah, this is, this, is, this is casual. This is easy for us. Often, often when people, we've, we've, when, when we talk to guests on the, the West Coast, often it involves me going to bed late. But you were like, nah, I'm, I'm going to be up at like 5 or 6 a.m. I'm like, oh, this is easy. This is fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm an early riser, man. <laughs> now, you've got a creed that you live by, don't you? I do. Yeah. Well, tell me about this. Is it, love will find a way. Everything, Everything else will, else find, will an find an excuse. What's that yes, about? Sir. Uh, it's just a reminder. It's a reminder um, that that if I say I love it, then I'll find a way. You know, if I say I love, uh, let's say, my wife, then I'll find a way to uh, speak to her listening in a way in which we can communicate well and have a good time. If I say I love my career, then I'll find a way, whether it be getting up, you know, when the sun's not out, to hop on a podcast with a dude named Duncan CJ <laughs> have a good time uh if i say i love it then i'll find a way so it's just a reminder it's a mantra it's a, it's a reminder that like um i ask for this you know a lot of times we, we ask for a lot and then you know it, it's like we, we pray for rain and then complain when the mud comes and so for me it's about you know uh remembering that i asked for a big life and whenever you ask for a big life it also comes with big challenges and so when that happens, it's time to double down and lean in instead of, you know, sort of complain and, and operate from victim consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's huge. I mean, like, I think a theme which, I mean, definitely came through in your videos, I mean, is this theme of, because when you said victim consciousness, I mean, it's this theme of responsibility. And that's a yes. huge point, isn't it? Like, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like a little bit like a broken record, but I mean, it's like when you... When you kind of realize that, hey, like you, we are responsible for our life and, you know, it is, I, I guess the first instinct is like, fuck, this, that, that's almost, it's a bit scary. It's like, shit, like, yeah. you know, the stuff I like, the stuff I don't like, you know, for, I'm responsible for this. But I think once you get over that hurdle, that, that sort of, that immediate fear, it is so exciting and it's so empowering to think like, hey, like I can change, I can create anything that I want. So it's yeah. a big idea. Yeah, it's pretty beautiful, man, to, to realize that. You know, the life, the universe isn't happening to you. It's responding to you. Mm. And, and, and that we are the authors, the sculptors, the painters, the Picassos of our life. And when we choose to do that uh, by design instead of default, 
then we position ourselves to live an extraordinary life. And anybody who's ever lived an extraordinary life got that one thing that this it's up to me. If it's to be, it's up to me. And so, um, yeah, man, responsibility is a tricky thing, though, because a lot of people say it, but not many people want to live from it. And what responsibility looks like is really paying attention to everything that you're experiencing in the now, like what's in your bank account, you're responsible for. What's happening in your family, you're responsible for, at least for the for the 100%. And so, side note, in, our, in my relationship with Alexi and just in life, um, the conversation we're in is if there's two of us in a conversation, then we have to equal 200%. So it's not 50-50. I have to find a way to get 100% of what we're experiencing because, you know, A, it takes two to tango, but um, if I believe that part of it was you, if I'm in the conversation of it's you and I'm a victim to you, then you have my power and not me. Mm. And so you know, uh, this could be a hard pill for some people to swallow because they get into the conversation of, you know, what about, you know, people in Africa and places where they don't have, you know, uh, you know, clean water and things of that nature. And, uh, it's the same thing. Yeah. And I've been, you know, in the bush in Tanzania with people who don't have clean water. And I would say the same thing to them. And what's interesting enough, I'd say they are wealthier than most of the people I meet in the U.S. Yeah. Or in the Western world. Love is, um, love is a theme, obviously, which, I mean, it comes through in all your stuff and it's, you know, the name of the book, it's, it's, it's about love. And I, I like it how uh, love can often be a sort of, um, I don't know, can often be like a fluffy topic, but like your, your, yeah. yours is kind, of, it's kind of like, it's kind of just more practical. It's common sense. It's, 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 it's it, I know it's, I don't know. I, I don't exactly how to describe this, but I mean, there is there is nothing more on this planet than love. Everything else is an illusion. Like, how how is everything else an illusion? Well, so it's my belief that um, we can't be outside of love, that we can't separate ourselves from it. Some people who subscribe to the word God or Jesus or Krishna or Buddha or Allah. Um, I think if they described their, these deities, they would say that they are perfect love. In my opinion, we can't be separate from it. There is, no, um, there is no failure as long as there is breath in the body. And, you know, I'll take a practical, easy sort of way to reach this. So have you ever, and this is to anybody listening, and this is to you, actually, Duncan. Have you ever, <laughs> oh, been, in, have you ever been in a relationship where... You know, it was awesome for a little bit. And then she cheated, you cheated, something terrible happened, and you guys were upset with each other for a while. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, perfect. Okay. And you cheated, didn't you? No, I'm just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer that. <laughs> so, so, so a lot of people have that scenario, right? And they would go, you know, life screwed me over and it's terrible, right? And now here's the second question Have you ever or did you? Let's say years later, look back at that and go, wow, I'm so grateful that that happened the way it did. I'm so grateful that she did what she did and she responded the way she responded. And I did what I did because I learned so much about myself. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Because then at the time you're like, oh no, my world is falling apart. Like this is the worst thing ever. Exactly. Looking back, you're like, thank God that was like a blessing in disguise. Yes. 
And, and so for me, the theory for me is, is that's always happening in all ways. That the stuff that we label good and bad, it, it, you know, those are mental constructs. Mm. The truth, the truth with, a, with a, I'll say a lowercase t, not a capital T, my truth, is that um, life is impartial. That life is just lifing. And we add these labels to it and put these words to it. But in truth, there, there, is, there is no separation. We want to compartmentalize life all the time and say, well, you know, this is my work life and this is my love life and this is this life. And really, it's just life lifing. And whenever we can uh, sort of pull out and have that bird's eye view and look at what is happening and view it from source view it from, you know, the, the, the hive mind, then we see that there is uh, a order to the whole thing. You know, the chaos theory says that if you, if you pull far enough back, you'll see that there is an order to everything. Fascinating. I mean, that's actually the chaos theory. That's like a little, that song, which I've, I've, that's just reminding me again. I've heard about that two or three times, but I don't know much about it at all. That's just going to remind me. That's going to be my new little project to like dive into that. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, mentioned man. the word there, um, separation. Like I know mm-hmm. that, you, why do you believe that separation is, you know, one of the biggest problems that we have as, I don't know, as society? Yeah, because when, when we believe we're separate, it's easier for us to hurt each other. When we believe we're separate from nature, it's easier for us to frack and do a million other stupid-ass things that um, uh, you know, um, hurt us in the long run, but we don't see it. It's easier for us to say, who cares about tigers? Like, let them die off. We don't need tigers. We don't need lions. We don't need fish in the ocean. Let's just fish the hell out of them until we eat them all and then screw it maybe some more will pop up somewhere you know and so it's easier to uh, or it's i'm not gonna say it's easier the illusion is is that um when we are separate that it's easier to uh not care you know because we have something in in and this is science um in your eyes and in my eyes we have something called mirror neurons and mirror neurons fire off when we – have you ever seen somebody um, uh, like dancing their asses off, like just at a party and they suck but they're just like <laughs> going for it? Yeah. Just like, yes, that dude is awesome, right? And like on the reverse end, have you ever seen somebody, let's say, um, get into – I don't want to go this far, but like get into an accident in some way? Or like uh, run against a, a screen door or something. You're like, ooh, right? And you like, you like wince a yeah. little bit. That's your mirror neurons firing off. There's a part of all of us that is deeply connected. But uh, if we were, if we saw that there was no separation, if we saw that we that all of this was that we're all playing together, we're all brothers and sisters, we're all deeply connected, then we would have to potentially care. And that empathy hurts sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, we've been sort of lullabied uh, to sleep in our society and made to think that, you know, I'm black and you're white and Christian, Muslim, gay, straight, Republican, all that stuff. Mm. For me, the truth under that is that uh, love is all there is. The truth under that is that we're all deeply connected. And, and when we choose to lean into that and see it everywhere we go, um, it just reflects back to us because we're vibrational beings. So if, if, if like that love and stuff is 
is what's underneath that connectedness on the flip side under the separation underneath that is that what's that fear it's fear yes so a lot of people would like to call it uh you know hate or the devil or whatever they want to call it but uh i i don't believe love has an opposite i'd say that love can be misdirected so so for instance i'm going to say something that's really uh could offend a lot of people but let's just take hitler for example hitler in his heart of hearts, believed that he was doing something great. So for him, it was love. For the people who brought my ancestors here, who beat and raped and killed my ancestors, they believed they were doing something great for the white race, right? Um, and so it was love for them. And so it was misguided and misdirected. But what was under all of that was still that the one thing that remains. There's only one power. It's just a matter of how we use said power. So when you talk about the world you see is the world you are, what do you mean by that? Uh, I mean that we can't be separate from the filter. Everything is going through a filter. And so, uh, you know, I, I said in the video that you, you're referencing that we don't see, touch, taste, and hear, uh, let's say, or, or let's say the tree, right? So, so one person sees the tree and let's say the, the, the landscape sees the tree and he goes, Wow. Look how, how those apples grow, right? And, and, or they, they look at it and they go, it's so beautiful off the backdrop, right? And then another person sees the tree, let's say the, uh, the botanist, right? Sees the tree and he's looking at the soil. And, 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 and then let's say I look at the tree and, and I see my ancestors. I see the trees that they hung from. And so depending on the viewpoint from where you're looking, you're going to see and experience a different tree because everything is going through a filter. We cannot be separate from who we were raised by. We can't be separate from the TV we watched. We can't be separate from the radio that we've experienced. All of us are, are um, constantly receiving. I think it's two million bits uh, at any given moment, right? But we narrow that down because if we were receiving 2 million bits, we would explode, right? <laughs> like if we were actually receiving it. So what we do is we filter all that out and we delete and distort the information so we can see what we want to see, right? Um, and so um, I think there was a Harvard study where they, they put cats in a room that where everything was, uh, what is this, horizontal, mm. right? Everything was horizontal in the room, everything. And so these cats were in this room for like a year. And then they took them out and put them in another room where uh, it was horizontal and vertical. And the cats literally would just boom, <laughs> run stuff. Like, because they had learned to delete and distort information. They had learned to only look in a particular way. And so... Um, that is happening to us as well. And so for me, it's about, can we bring an awareness to it? Because, you know, um, you cannot intervene in a world you cannot see. And so I'm a world, you're a world. A lot of people talk about changing their lives, but if they can't see what's been running them, the conditioned tendencies, right? So we all have conditioned tendencies. That reptilian brain that you have and I have, it's always asking three questions. Can I eat it? Can it eat me? Can I have sex with it? 
And then, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then when, it, when it's overwhelmed, it has uh, essentially one of four responses. Most people are not aware of their condition tendency. So when in overwhelm and anxiety, we have fight, we have flight, we have freeze, and we have appease, right? And so for me, my condition tendency is fight. Because I know that, I've built an awareness muscle. And because I have that awareness muscle, when, let's say, my wife triggers something in me, right? Or she says something that triggers something in me, and I go to that condition tendency, fight, I can go, oh, breathe into that. <sighs> okay. Baby, um, I heard what you said, and then I can have a different conversation. <laughs> My favorite kind of books are kind of the ones when you kind of get like an amazing sort of idea or message, but they're told through like stories or narratives, like things like The Alchemist and stuff like that. I love those types yes. of books. Um, and on one of your, another one of your videos, I mean, you, you were chatting about Acres of Diamonds, and I loved that. It was it was a great yes. it was a great little idea. Do you mind just like briefly sharing what that's about, and yes, maybe why that's dude, so relevant today? I guess for sure. There's this dude named Russell Conwell uh, about a hundred years ago who used to tell this story. He would, he would actually go and lecture. He lectured like a thousand times all over the country telling this story about Acres of Diamonds. And the story was, and I like to remix the story a little bit. So, uh, go for it. <laughs> so, so the story was, was that there was this guy um, in a far off land named Duncan. Duncan. <laughs> and, and, and Duncan had a farm, beautiful farm beautiful family, right? He had excess cash. He was um, contented and therefore he was wealthy and he was wealthy because he was contented, right? And then one day, a local priest came to visit him named... Tony. Tony. Right? <laughs> so Tony comes up to Duncan. He's like, yo, Duncan, yo, I just heard that there are these diamonds in a far off land, that if you just got one of these diamonds, you could not just set yourself up, but you could set 10 generations up. You could buy a hundred farms if you had one of these diamonds. And Duncan, intrigued, was like, tell me more. And so they talk, they talk, they talk. And then, you know, uh, Tony leaves and Duncan goes to bed that night poor. He goes to bed that night poor because he, he, he shifted his focus from all that he had to all that he could have, right? And so he wakes up the next morning obsessed, thinking about the diamonds, right? And then uh, he's going about his day, doing the stuff on his farm, and he can't stop thinking about it. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and then one day he comes to his family and he says, listen, guys, um, I'm gonna take a trip. And uh, so I'm gonna sell our farm, and I'm gonna get you a one bedroom in, in, in Manchester. And you guys are gonna live there um, while I go find this, this diamond. When I find this diamond, we're going to be set for life, guys. And so Duncan sells his farm, goes off on this magical journey looking for this diamond. In the first year, it was awesome, right? He stood and find it. Second year, eh, he's getting a little frustrated. Third year, nothing. Fourth year, he starts to lose his money and his health. By the fifth year, he realizes that he's not going to find it and um, goes to the ocean and jumps in knowing that he can't swim. And nobody ever sees him again. Now, meanwhile, uh, one day on uh, the farm that Duncan sold, uh, the guy was out there feeding his alpacas in the stream. And these alpacas were drinking water from this stream. 
And, and this guy was a rock collector and he loved rocks. And so he, he saw this rock just sort of like glimmering and he's like, dude, I, I like rocks. And he went and grabbed the rock and he, he put it on his mantle. And um, a few days later, Tony Robbins came by, knocked on the door and was like, hey, uh, Leroy, uh, welcome to the neighborhood. You know, I love your farm. You know, uh, there was a guy, Duncan, he used to live here. He's a little nuts, but uh, he's a good guy. He's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. He's like, hey, Leroy, what, what is that on your mantle? Where did you get that diamond? And Leroy's like, dude, it's not a diamond. It's, it's just a rock. I, I love rocks. I collect them all the time. And Tony was like, nah, dude, that's a diamond. I know a diamond when I see one. Are there more of those? And Leroy was like, of course there are. There's like 100,000 of them, but that's not a diamond. He was like, dude, it's a diamond. And so they go out and they start digging up all of these rocks and they find the biggest gold mine in the world. Um, it's supposed to be called the Gokonda gold mine. And uh, I'm not, this is a parable, um, but it may be true. Um, <laughs> and so the moral of the story is that we get to stop looking for the diamonds outside of ourselves. You know, a lot of people come to me and, 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 you know, for coaching and they say, you know, I, I want to become successful. I want to become more attractive. I want to become, you know, and it's not a matter of becoming. It's a matter of revealing, revealing what's already here because the juices, the diamonds, the beauty, the magic was already here. It has never gone anywhere, you know, so it's not, it's not, um, how do I become this? It's how do I position myself to reveal what I already am? And so you know, sometimes that looks like unfollowing people in real life and on social media. You know, I tell my clients all the time, if you find yourself looking at a particular account and not feeling good enough, thinking you need to make more money and hustle harder, right? You need to work a thousand more hours to be like, you know, Grant Cardone or Gary Vee, or you need to have a Ferrari like Ty Lopez or whoever the hell you're following. If that doesn't feel good for you, you might want to take another look at that and unfollow them. Yeah. I love That's it. That's what I have to say about that. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, love, I immediately regretted chucking Duncan as, as, as the guy who like, had to drown yeah. himself. <laughs> yeah. Duncan dies. Damn you, Tony and Leroy. Fuck. <laughs> yes. Yes. In physics, they say that two things can't occupy the same space at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a cool fact, but why is that, why is that relevant to like, us? Why is that important to know? Uh, because what you focus on expands. What you appreciate appreciates. And so if you're focusing on all that you don't have, if you're focusing on what you need that's outside of you, um, then that will always have your power and it will grow. And so um, making sure that the focus, the attention and intention is on what we do want is where the magic lies. But unfortunately, most of our society does the exact opposite. We won't believe it until we see it. And, 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 you know, my work is about seeing it before it, you know, uh, before it actually appears, you know, seeing it in the heart, seeing it in the head and then doing the steps, getting it, getting into action, aligned action, which is more important than just action, because a lot of people confuse uh, activity with productivity. Uh, and it's not the same. You know, you can do a bunch of stupid procrastinating things which essentially just sabotages you or you can get aligned and ask yourself, what's the one thing, what's the one thing this year that if I did nothing else and if I did that one thing, 
that I would feel accomplished. And then once you have that, you ask yourself, what's the one thing this month that if I did nothing else this month, if everything else failed this month, but I did that, I would feel accomplished. And when you have that, you ask yourself, what's the one thing as pertaining to the one thing this month, as pertaining to the one thing this year, that if I did that only one thing this week, that if I did that, I would feel accomplished. Now you see, that's aligned action. That's a whole different ball game than, well, um, I think I'll, you know, um, do my laundry and um, I think that I'm going to spend six hours on Facebook today. And, um, you know, it, it, none of that is real, like, uh, productivity it's not it's not aligned with that which is always calling us forward what does a fulfilled life mean to you ah it means uh it means having a smile on one's heart it means honoring the breath honoring life lifing it means moving and dancing in love it means focusing on love it means love will find a way everything else will find an excuse and what is one thing our listeners can do today that will have a big impact on their lives? Mm, they can schedule in play. Nice. Yep. yep. And uh, what are you working on? We want to hear about you. Like, where can we send people? What, how, what projects have you got in the work? Like, what do, you, what do you want to share with our audience in terms of how to find out more about you and like, what, what projects you've got? Yeah, man. I, I'd say go to PrestonSmiles.com and check me out or you, know, you can type in at PrestonSmiles on anything. I have a book that just came out called Now or Never, Your Epic Life in Five Steps that I wrote with my wife. Um, it's amazing. It's the best writing I've ever done in my life. Um, and so if you're looking for a book to like take everything to the next level, if you're looking for a book that will support you in having tips, tools, and insights, practical tips, tools, and insights that you can use right now, this is that book. This is like the four agreements for our age with, with, with like getting the game stuff, talking about social media and how we be with that, you know? Preston, I, I love this. It's been super animated. Like the internet went down. So suddenly we went out into like the garage. And so it's like, it's cool. <laughs> and we're just moving around. And I, I love it. It's, it's, it's been fun. And I loved, I love that acres of like diving story. That was just like so passionate, animated. It's, I could have sat back and just like listened to story time for hours. So I appreciate <laughs> you chatting with us today. Um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Likewise, my man. Appreciate you. <laughs>